are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Words from Words Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. Starting an individual practice in anything, including financial planning or law, is not an easy step. But Darren Wirtz did it, as did his guest. (laughs) Russell Cohn focuses on personal injury cases, but he's also active in professional organizations and offers a helping hand to other attorneys launching their own firms. Oh, did I mention he also wrote the foreword for Darren's book, The Lawyer Millionaire. Darren, why don't you tell us more about Russell? Absolutely. I'm super excited to have uh, Russell here with us today. Um, I think we connected on LinkedIn or something like that a, way, a while back, or maybe Russell was on one of the one of the webinars we did. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, we got connected and um, I, I asked Russell if he would be so generous as to write the foreword for the book, and he did. So we're uh, super excited to have him here today to share some of his insights on how he started his practice and turned it into something profitable and built a, a great career. So I think this will be really great for, um, for our audience. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So first, a little bit about uh, Russell. He was born in Chicago, Illinois, attended the University of Arizona, and attained a bachelor's degree in accounting um, in 1981. But instead of becoming an accountant, he went into law and got his Juris Doctor in 1984. He was admitted to practice law in Arizona and then in California. He has limited his practice to representing injured victims in personal injury matters since 1987. Uh, Mr. Cohn is a lawyer for people and does not represent businesses, corporations, or insurance companies. He enjoys the personal and professional satisfaction that comes from helping injured people obtain full and fair compensation. He's a lawyer who empathizes with his clients and takes time to understand the unique effects injuries have on the lifestyle of each client. As an attorney for the people, Mr. Cohn is attentive and responsive to his clients. Each client's case is personally handled by him rather than by paralegals or office staff. He believes that a successful resolution is only achieved if the client is satisfied. He also believes that a satisfied client is one who is fully informed about the applicable law effects and available options. Uh, Russell, is there anything that you want to add to that? No, Darren, uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, uh, the Lawyer Millionaire podcast, which is much better than being on the Starving Attorney podcast. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Well, we're so excited that you're here today and uh, to share some of your wisdom. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm? I'm on the other side of the country here in uh, Oceanside, California. Uh, I'm already 62 years old. I've been a sole practitioner since 1994, so 28 years now. I handle only personal injury plaintiff cases, except for the first two years of my practice, um, where I did kind of uh, a smattering of uh, everything, including my first jury trial. My first year of practice was uh, a DUI criminal defense case 
where my client was charged with um, DUI and hit and run involving a police car. Mm. Um, fortunately, he was acquitted on the hit and run. He was also acquitted on being under the influence. Oh, wow. But he was convicted on being over the legal blood alcohol limit, which at that time, I think, was 0.10%. Okay. So that's kind of what uh, you, you did that case and you got excited about personal injury. And that, that's kind of what drew you to the personal injury aspect of things. Yeah. During those first couple of years of practice, we, we had a smattering of personal injury cases. Um, and um, I found them to be um, interesting cases. So in my third year of practice, I took a job at a personal injury firm in downtown San Diego uh, that solely handled personal injury cases. Okay. Wow. Most of our cases at that firm came from referrals from another law firm called Jacoby and Myers. Okay. But when they closed their office in San Diego, uh, our firm ran out of business quickly and our firm eventually closed as well. Okay. Uh, so I was there about four years. Okay. Very cool. Then for another couple of years, I worked for a firm up in Santa Ana, but that was a lot of traveling. Mm. Uh, I got tired of the traveling. So event, after a couple of years there, I decided to go it alone and hang out my shingle near my home here in Oceanside. Okay. Now you've been doing this uh, for a long time now. And, and what was it that, you know, before you got into personal injury, what drew you initially to the practice of law? Was it something in your family? Was it uh, somebody you knew or what, what drew you in? Well, I got an accounting degree at the University of Arizona in Tucson. Uh, basically, I was following in my father's footsteps, becoming an accountant. Okay. Uh, then, then my girlfriend went off to veterinary school out of state. And I decided I didn't see an accounting career as exciting. Uh, <laughs> so I decided to apply to law school then. I was always interested in our jury system. And I really enjoyed giving speeches uh, in speech class in the eighth grade. <laughs> uh, I, also, I also fondly remember performing in a mock trial in eighth grade uh, where uh, I really enjoyed it. And I, okay. I found that I found that I was able to speak in front of people, which you need to do in a litigation practice. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Those are all good, all good qualities for sure. Um, so when exactly did you start your own practice then? And what inspired you to go out on your own? Well, it was basically just uh, the traveling um, after our firm closed here in San Diego, uh, I was traveling to Santa Ana. I didn't want to move up there and just wanted to uh, see if I could make it on my own. I had learned a lot over those first six, seven years of practice. Um, I had been basically in charge of litigating the cases, uh, including doing the trials. So I learned how to try cases in those first six, seven years. Uh, and in those days back then, um, the courts here ordered cases to non-binding arbitration. Hmm. So I, I arbitrated a lot of cases and I was able to hone my presentation skills. So I knew that if I went out on my own, I had the skills 
to handle a case all by myself and take it to trial if need be. Okay. Very cool. Now, um, you, I, you said something in there. Uh, see if you could make it on your own. I imagine that was um, kind of a scary transition, perhaps. What were uh, some of your biggest fears and challenges when you were uh, making that transition into a solo practice? Oh, the biggest fear was paying the rent. <laughs> uh, I was very fortunate, though, and uh, give a shout out to my office landlord here named Gary Nell, who's also an attorney, because he allowed me to go month to month when I started out, uh, not knowing whether I was going to make it on my own or not. That was very important. Um, but yeah, paying the bills, uh, feeding my young family, those were big fears going out on my own. Where was I going to get cases from was a big fear. Mm. It takes marketing and marketing costs money. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, I was a pretty good salesman. I put my first ad in the Penny Saver, if you know what that is, a little, <laughs> little magazine where I put you know, advertise things. Mm -hmm. um, I was a pretty good salesman. I was hired by most people that did call. So um, then I needed to successfully close cases I took on um, as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. Now, you said you had to be a really good salesman, and you mentioned marketing. So those are all things they taught you in law school, right? And no, we didn't learn any of that in law school. The practical aspects of handling your own practice, you have to learn on your own. Yeah. Was there a, a particular resource, or how did you figure all of that out for yourself in terms of how to market and... Um, and get clients and, and uh, build that practice? I kind of uh, handled it on my own. Um, I didn't, I would not recommend that attorneys do that. I would recommend that attorneys <laughs> find a good mentor. Okay. I mentored actually a few attorneys in my practice who are just starting out. Uh, that's the way to go about it. Okay. Find Very somebody cool. who's been there and done mm -hmm. it and take advice from them. Absolutely. Now, obviously you got through some of those tough years and, and you built a successful practice. Um, what brought you through that? Was it the, the penny saver ads or what was it? Uh, what do you attribute some of that uh, success to? Well, you can't do uh, personal injury practice alone. Uh, you need a good legal assistant. And um, during my career, I associated with other attorneys on many cases. Uh, those attorneys were just starting out on their own, and they okay. needed a helping hand, and I needed the manpower. So we did a fee split arrangement. And that's one of the best things about being an attorney is the ability to fee split. Mm. Uh, you can't do that with office staff or non-attorneys in California. Other states, such as Arizona, have recently permitted fee splitting with non-lawyers. But that's the way I was able to get the manpower necessary to uh, handle the cases efficiently. Okay. Yeah, that's a great idea, uh, working with other attorneys. Um, and now... It's been a while since you started that practice. Um, I'm curious how things have changed over time. What's, 
what kind of marketing strategies are, are really working for you today and what's driving the business today? Well, fortunately, I've been in practice so long that I still get a lot of referrals from former clients. Uh, that's a good thing. And I get some okay. referrals from doctors as well that I've worked with. But um, nowadays, you have to be very proficient in internet advertising. Sure. <laughs> there, are, there are young attorneys out there who are very proficient in how to market on the internet. So the personal injury practice is... Uh, very competitive and as far as marketing, uh, because most of it is internet-based now. Yeah. So is that um, a lot of Google, like search kind of stuff, or just trying to get up in the rankings, that kind of thing? Yeah. Google, Google is king. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and um, yeah, you have to, uh, you have to pay Google. Sure. There are other ways, you know, if you boost your business listing on Google, that can help get you to the top of the rankings. You want to be on that first page when people search for an attorney in your practice area. So you could do that by boosting your uh, business listing. Okay. Yeah, they didn't have Google back in the 1980s. <laughs> A little different no. now. Yeah, for sure. No, I when I started practicing, I, I had to pay the uh, yellow page uh, people. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so um, one of the things you mentioned is uh, helping other attorneys launch out on their own also. Can you tell us a little bit about, more about that? Well, it was just an arrangement where I needed manpower and they needed uh, cases. They needed some cases to help their fledgling practices along. So we worked out an arrangement uh, where I could help them uh, bring in cases that we could work on together. And um, there's three attorneys that uh, I, I've done that with. And they all have gone on to successfully handle their own practices. So yeah. that's a great way to get started in the practice. Is, yeah, uh, that's, that's sharing. interesting because, uh, you know, you, um, you have to think about, you have to think about those other attorneys, not just as, not as competitors, but as collaborators. Um, that's a, that's a different kind of mindset for sure. It was that ever, uh, did you find that difficult or, well, yeah. what's, what's good about it is you, you always have a sounding board with another attorney um, and you could you can sound out legal theories and uh, practice tips with them. Um, you, you can share ideas. But nowadays, they have other ways you can do that with the list serves. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, organ well practice areas, especially personal injury have listservs of attorneys. Um, for instance, we have this San Diego um, group called the Consumer Attorneys of San Diego. And if you want some tips or an expert or how to do 
anything having to do with personal injury, you can just ask the question on the listserv. Okay. You'll get a lot of answers and a lot of help. Yeah. Great. Great. So in, in launching a practice, let's, let's um, come back to that. What, what are two of the biggest pieces of advice you would give if, a, if someone, a young attorney was looking to launch out on his own, how would you tell him he should get him or her that, that they should get started? I guess my advice to attorneys starting a practice would be first, uh, be responsive and available to your clients. Um, if your clients like you, they're going to refer others to you. Always keep your clients informed about the case. They will appreciate that and they'll recommend you. They'll give you five stars on Google. And that helps a lot if you get reviews on Google. Secondly, I would recommend finding a good mentor, as I've discussed before, and joining all the related legal organizations. You don't want to reinvent the wheel by hunkering down all day reading legal transcripts. <laughs> uh, time is precious to an attorney starting a law practice, so you must be willing to ask for help. Most lawyers are very generous with giving out free advice and wisdom, and I'm a big proponent of joining local bar associations. Uh, I was a president of the local bar association here. I served as a director for three years on two bar associations. Um, I find that they're great for free networking with other lawyers. And they're also great for meeting the local judiciary, too. Your potential clients like to know that you're well-connected. And as the saying goes, a good lawyer knows the law, but a great lawyer knows the judge. <laughs> I have heard that one before. That's, that's great. Absolutely. Now, in terms of, of managing your time and being responsive, are there some tips and tricks you've learned along the way that have, that have helped you to do that? Oh, uh, sorry. Not really. Um, managing my time. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I got a wife who manages my time. She tells me okay. when dinner is ready and when I have to be home. But uh, I'll tell you, if I didn't have a wife, I'd probably be in the office uh, till yeah. late night on these cases. <laughs> For sure. So what I'm, I'm hearing is that you really want to be, one. you said be responsive and um, be a part of the 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 community. You can't do this on your own. Is that, that sum it up pretty nicely? Yeah. Not when you're starting a practice, when you're starting a practice, you definitely want to network as much as possible. You got to get out there and, and uh, talk to other attorneys, get referrals from anyone you can, attorneys, neighbors, friends, relatives, uh, make sure you tell everybody what you do everywhere yeah. you go, bring your business cards, hand them out. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier was that uh, you said one, one thing that really helped you to be successful was that you were able to win a lot of those consultations. You were a good salesman. Maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Like what, what do you think are the components of that consultation that, that enabled you to win those cases? Uh, I'm not asking you to give away your secrets, but you know what, what kind of... What advice would you give to attorneys who are having those consultations uh, to be successful and win those cases? 
Yeah, the most important thing is listening skills. Um, before you start telling people what your advice is, listen to what their need is. What, what do they want? Find out what they want first. And then let them know how you can help them obtain uh, what they want. I think that's that's the biggest tip is don't jump in and start giving advice right away like you think you know what they want. Okay, I would I would agree. Now I don't practice law, but <laughs> I I do. I think that the financial business is similar in some regards because I have a lot of those kind of initial consultations with people, and I would agree wholeheartedly. Listening, um, it's it's more for me. I, I've noticed when I have those initial consultations with potential new clients, it's more about giving them the space uh, to, to tell their story. That if, the more they're talking, the less I'm talking, the better, usually. Would you agree with that? I do agree. And <laughs> um, I think that helps you build a rapport with new potential clients. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You've got to have those uh, interpersonal skills to build that, that connection. That's very interesting because... These are all things that are fundamental to uh, building a, a successful practice, but these are things you have to learn on your own you've, or you've got to you know, read some books or something because they don't teach you this um, in, in law school, right? No, for sure. Um, it's kind of learned by the seat of your pants, but uh, it would be good if they did a few classes in that. For sure. Yeah. Skills I mean, I, on, skills on obtaining clients and skills on retaining clients because, uh, you know, you have to communicate with your clients. Uh, a satisfied client is one who's been fully informed about the law and uh, the facts and what's going on with the case. Absolutely. That sounds great. Now, so, you know, this show, we're all about trying to help attorneys to you know, not just build successful practices, but build their wealth and plan for retirement. Do you have any financial advice for attorneys who are starting to think about, uh, or maybe even starting a firm, if they're starting a firm or, or even if they're getting closer to retirement, do you have any things that you've learned in that realm that you can pass on? Well, I can only tell you what I did, and it's seemed to work out for me pretty well. I started a defined benefit plan when I was 40 years old. And it forced me to save for retirement. You had you had to put money into it every year. It was also a good uh, income shelter from taxes. So, as you also as you mentioned in your book, as a contingency lawyer, I was able to structure some larger fees uh, to uh, help avoid some income taxes. And yeah. Uh, provide for payouts in, in later years. Absolutely. I appreciate the, the plug for the book, definitely. <laughs> and uh, those are both great ideas. Um, and I think that was one of the first things we talked about when we first talked, uh, that you had, you had already been doing those things. Um, and I like what you mentioned about the defined benefit plan, because that is a fantastic way to really shield some money from taxes or at least you know defer taxes on your income. But what you said was it forced you. And, and I like that because you're right. A defined benefit plan, 
you have to put money in it each year. It, it's kind of set up in such a way that it requires a certain amount of contribution each year. So that's that's a really great way of thinking about it. And I hadn't really thought about it that way until you just said that, but definitely it really does force you to start putting money away. And that's great advice because I think you really have to be purposeful. And that's what my message to all the attorneys that I, I talk to all day long um, is you have to force yourself to get started. You know, When you're starting a practice, it can be really easy to kind of let that fall by the wayside because you're right. You're focused on everything else and making your, your business successful and paying the bills. But you really have to make it a, um, a real purposeful thing to put money away on a consistent basis and start that as early as you can. Would you agree with that? I yeah. got I got to tell you it wasn't a lot of fun either. I mean, <laughs> we uh we <laughs> we were putting away a lot of money into the defined benefit plan, but we were that left us kind of cash poor on some years. Sure. Um, and uh we were we were struggling to get by uh but we we're able to make it. Yeah. And I bet you're I know a lot of small businesses fail in their first few mm. years, but fortunately, we were able to hang in there and make it. Absolutely. And now I bet you're glad you did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, one other question I have, uh, Russell, is, you know, in your, in your career, are there any particular cases or things that, that are really great successes that, that you want to... Uh, let our listeners know about that, that really defined your career? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> or perhaps what are some of the, some of the most interesting or uh, things that you're most proud of uh, that, that you've, you've accomplished? Well, I think, um, you know, helping other attorneys get started in their own practices um, is a big accomplishment for me. I, I definitely enjoy having clients that are satisfied and with my services. Uh, that's something that I feel is an, a big accomplishment. Yeah. I want to uh, have on my gravestone that I helped other people. Yeah, um, I like that. That's great. That's wonderful. But, uh, but winning trials is also important. So mm. I do, um, I do um, very much relish <laughs> the cases that we've taken to trial where we've won for our clients. And um, yeah, that's important in a, in a contingency fee-based practice, especially important. Um, there's a lot of costs that you have to put out and you have to uh, win to get those costs back. So a lot of attorneys are are afraid to um, put out those costs and risk going to trial on a contingency basis. So I imagine, yeah, that's an those those are accomplishments that I'll, I'll always uh, be <laughs> remember and be fond of. Absolutely, yeah. I I um I imagine it takes a lot of nerve and composure to to uh, to do that to actually take a case to trial. And um, and litigate it. I, I can't imagine the the confidence that it requires to do that. I have a lot of admiration for that. 
Well, Russell, we're coming near to our end of our time here. Why don't you tell us how listeners uh, can reach you or perhaps learn more about you and your firm? Well, they can always go to my website. Um, since we talked about the internet, it's uh, conelawoffice.com, K-O-H-N lawoffice.com. Uh, I noticed there's another attorney who actually has conelawoffices.com. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> okay. okay. I wish I'd have gotten that one though. So that's another tip. If you're starting a practice, get all of the variations of your name uh, for Definitely. dot com and, and dot, uh, what are the other ones? Dot uh, law. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a whole proliferation of them now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, get, get them all. <laughs> I think there's actually, a, there's another one that's at conelaw.com. That's okay. not me either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Conelawoffice.com. Yeah. If I had it to do over again. <laughs> For sure. Well, Russell, of, it's been, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Then, then of course, my email is uh, rcone at conelawoffice.com. R-K-O-H-N at conelawoffice.com. Are you on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn? Yeah, we, we, ha we have a LinkedIn um, account. We also have a Facebook business account. I don't think we're on Twitter, though. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. And neither is Elon Musk, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, have, I haven't been following that. <laughs> but I, I know that that's, there's been a lot going on there, for sure. So, All right. Well, thanks, Russell, so much for joining us. It's been wonderful talking with you and uh, learning about your... Uh, challenges and successes in building your practice. And uh, you've got some great wisdom uh, that I'm, I'm sure others will benefit greatly from. So thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks for having me and best of luck with The Lawyer Millionaire. Appreciate it. And speaking of the book, Darren, how can listeners reach you and how can they get the book, which does have a forward by Russell? It certainly does. Yes. And the book is available now on the American Bar Association's website. And if you want to learn more about some of the financial aspects to starting a firm and running a firm, building your wealth and planning for retirement, do check out the book, The Lawyer Millionaire. Uh, to learn more about me and the book, you can go to thelawyermillionaire.com. And that'll take you right to our website. You can uh, There's a link there to the American Bar Association where you can purchase the book. And there's even a link there if you are so inclined you can set up a free consultation with me uh, to talk about uh, your own circumstances and uh, your own planning for retirement. All right. Thanks, Darren. And thank you very much, Russell. Great discussion. Follow this podcast, also called The Lawyer Millionaire, and share with friends and colleagues. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances.